This final isn't about pride. It isn't about skill. It isn't about stats. It's about one thing only. Revenge. Hey, this is Craig Dillstrom Media. This is DJ Kaya. This is Elliot D'Souza. Hey, this is Jason D'Souza from Aldona. Hey, this is Nash Lobo from Aldona. This is Pascal D'Souza from Challenger. Hey, this is Rosie D'Almeida. Hey, this is Roland Nasparenas. Hey, guys, this is Ron Montero from Wolfland. Hi, this is Roy Fernandez from Donna Paula. This is Ryan D'Souza from Cuba. Hey, this is Steffi DeCruz. Hey, this is Tony Nazareth, and you are listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to the GSL. The GSL. GSL. GSL Podcast. And you're listening to the GSL Podcast. That's right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the GSL Podcast. My name is Wendell. So the semifinals are over and the finals are happening this weekend. We're going to get into a full recap of what happened in both semifinal games, as well as a preview of the finals and some information on where to watch it and what's going to go down. So let's jump right into the news. First up, just some information on the finals. It will be this Saturday, September 23rd at 1 p.m. at Centennial Park. It's going to be on Field D. So for those that aren't familiar, that is one of the uh, grass fields outside of the stadium. And it's kind of right across the parking lot. So it's actually not one of the fields we use during the regular season, uh, but it is booked for the finals. Originally, the stadium was actually booked. But for some reason, apparently players said they didn't want to play on AstroTurf or something like that because the stadium is turf where it's outside the grass. Um, in my opinion, it's ridiculous. I would have definitely picked the stadium just because of the atmosphere and it has the stands and it has the announcement system and all that kind of stuff. But Field D is a very, very nice grass field and we will be setting up stuff to make it an awesome experience. So uh, 1 p.m. at Centennial on Saturday, uh, not Sunday, but Saturday. Just for those that haven't been to any games or haven't been to the finals maybe in a while, I highly encourage you to come out. It's always a great time. It's 100% free. They used to charge admission for the finals, um, but the league correctly identified that it didn't make sense to punish the teams that made the finals and charge their fans. So now it's 100% free. You can come. Breaking news. Oh, snap. News is broken. Breaking news. That's right. Breaking news on the podcast. The GSL podcast for the second year in a row will be doing a live show at the finals. So for those of you that were there last year, what this means is I will be bringing some speakers, a microphone, and setting up a station there just to do some commentary on the game. Um, it won't be a play-by-play commentary because that would just be a little bit aggressive and kind of would drown out the game with all my uh, constant droning on every play and things like that. And I know that's not what the fans want. Um, they just want some extra analysis and some commentary on what's going on in the game. So definitely head down to the finals. We will have a station set up. We'll be interacting with the fans. And I'm happy to announce that uh, Sippy DeCruz will be my special guest for the finals and help me out with some commentary and expert analysis. And at the end of the finals, we'll be announcing you know, all the award winners, such as MVP, Junior MVP, Best Defensive Record, Division Winners, all the different awards you can win in the league. So definitely, definitely going to be an exciting day. As I said, if you haven't been to the finals, it's always a great atmosphere. You know, many times people pay hundreds of dollars to watch the Raptors, the Leafs, TFC, all this kind of stuff. Um, but you don't know those players. They're professionals. You'll never meet them. They'll never know your name. But come to the GSL finals where everybody knows your name. Now, to be honest, they're still probably the majority of people won't know your name. But you may see one or two friends from uh, the league in the past. And it's always a great atmosphere. And the teams get riled up. And it's good to show support for the two teams that made the finals as they are the cream of the crop of the league. So hope to see you all there and uh, come say hi if you're a listener of the podcast and we can go from there. 
Elsewhere in the news, I just want to give a shout out to the Mopsa team. You know, I had a Mopsa fan approach me after the semifinals saying, you know, we always talk about Donna Paula being a young team and how they need to grow and develop. And he correctly pointed out that Mopsa has six players on their team that are 15 or 16 years old. Um, so an incredibly young team still learning. And, you know, I'd love to give them credit, but the, the truth is I didn't know that fact. And that's because no one from Mopsa has stepped up to come on the podcast. So we'd love to learn more about Mopsa and what's going on there. Um, probably have to be next season because it's too late for this year and Mopsa is already eliminated, unfortunately. Uh, but these are the types of nuggets that you can get when you interview someone on the show. So definitely highly encourage Mopsa. Uh, Margo to send out team representatives uh, for next year and uh, we can learn more about them. All right, that's it for the news. Let's move into match recaps. All right, first up in the early kickoff, we had the defending champions Aguada versus Aldena. Unfortunately, this was not as competitive a match as we would have hoped. Um, Aldena with a number of players out injured. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to play in this game. I uh, pulled my hamstring in the week leading up to the match. But to be honest, looking at Aguada's team, they were absolutely stacked. Now, uh, as many of you know that have seen Aguada, they have a good talent uh, distribution amongst their team. Pretty much everyone on the field knows what they're doing, knows what their role is. Um, And although they've been very talented, even in the past, I thought that one thing they were lacking before was kind of the tactics and the game plan. They seem to be very disorganized. They would just show up kind of just rely on their talent and although it would work most of the time sometimes in years previous uh, they'd be too heavily reliant on that talent so if that player didn't play well uh, the team overall would suffer what you notice immediately is uh, they are much much better in this department they're much more tactically sound they distribute their talent uh, across the field and across the positions they have someone like Cruyff who is a very offensive minded player and very talented offensive player He's actually playing center back for them when they start off this game because they know that they have Casey, Ian, um, and Shane was back, putting them in the middle. And uh, up top, they have Lester, they have uh, Andrew Fernandez, they have Steven Fernandez. They have so much offensive firepower. He knew that he'd be more valuable playing center back and just controlling everything from the back. So I find tactically they're much more improved. And that's what actually led to them winning the finals last year where... Although uh, last year you could say Lotalem maybe had a better season and was more talented, uh, in the finals I just thought Aguada's tactics were bang on. So leading up to this game, uh, we didn't have too high of a hope going in with all our injuries, um, but we definitely wanted to be competitive and you know anything can happen in the semifinal. Uh, about halfway through the first half, uh, Casey just played an absolutely amazing through ball from him, his half all the way across the field sending in the MVP candidate, Steven Fernandez, on a breakaway uh, to tap the goal in beyond uh, Ryden in net and give them a one nothing lead. So unfortunately, a poor goal to concede. Um, and about 10 minutes later, Ian Fernandez making a run from his half all the way to our 18 and was pushing the back, leading to a free kick right outside the 18-air box. And it was on the right side, which is perfect for a left footer. And what do you know, Aguada has that very person to do it. Kreifdoss from Medio stepping up with his left foot and burying it in the bottom left corner to give them a 2-0 lead going into the half. Now at this point, uh, although we knew we had our work cut out for us, we knew that 2-0 wasn't an unreasonable score and you just get one goal, you're immediately back in the game. So we tried to come out swinging in the second half, but unfortunately Guada's uh, talent was just too much for us on the day. And this led to two more goals in the second half. One of them a little bit more of a sloppy goal, but a great run by Andre Pinto down the left side, crossing it in. 
um, and a shot by uh, Steven Fernandez deflected towards Shane, who tapped it in, uh, thus icing the game at 3 nothing. There was really no coming back at that point. And then in the dying minutes, uh, while we were trying to push forward, Casey DeMello with a run on the left side, shooting it into the far post and in. So a great goal for him. So overall score, 4 nothing to Aguada. Disappointing result for us, as I said. Um, if you listen to the first episode of the season, uh, my goals uh, for Aldana as a team to have a successful season would be to finish in the top three and make the finals. And although we finished second place and had a great regular season, um, once again, losing in the semis for about the fourth year in a row, I think it is now, and not being able to make it to the finals is disappointing. Um, but that being said, I think we played an incredibly talented Aguada. And after the game, I managed to talk to Kreif and get his thoughts. And let's listen to that now for some post-game commentary. So we're standing here after the game, uh, a comprehensive win, 4 nothing by Aguada. Uh, Captain Kreif uh, joining me. Kreif, what do you think of the game overall? Uh, I thought it was good. I thought we dictated pace to start off the game, and basically our midfield won us that game. Um, all our, our main guys played well with the ball. Uh, we knocked it quickly, um, and that created chances for us, and we knew we'd get in. Today we pretty much had a whole team, so I kind of expected that to happen. And looking forward uh, to the other semifinal game, we have Lotlum versus Margao. Who would you uh, prefer playing, and what do you think the result of this next game is going to be? Uh, it doesn't matter who we play. I think uh, for us, it's uh, Lotum's got a lot more players that can create something similar to us, so it make it more difficult to defend. Um, Margo is very solid uh, defensively, but at the end of the day, you know that they have a difficult time going forward. So um, to me, it doesn't really matter. I think it's easier to play Margo uh, just because they don't go forward as well. Um, but I think Brad's missing today, so I think it should be a, diff- a difficult game for Margo to play. All right, thanks a lot. Good game. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you on. So I have to say I agree with everything Cruyff said there in the post-game speech. Their midfield just dominated, and they just have so much talent and uh, stamina in that midfield. It's very, very hard to play against. But let's move on to that second semifinal game between Margao and Lotulam. This is a game that I predicted Lotulam to win, but in a close game 2-1. Uh, I must say I was a little bit disappointed in this game as from an entertainment factor. I watched the whole game, and uh, there weren't too many chances created on either side. It seemed like kind of a sloppy game. And I think Margao wanted it to be that way. They were missing uh, their best player by far, Bradley, in central defense. So that forced them to switch Dwayne to play center D, which is not his normal position. But when you get someone as talented as Dwayne, um, they're able to play multiple positions and just fill a role for the team. Similar to how Cruyff went back to uh, central defense. Um, but although Dwayne was doing a solid job on D, this uh, really made them lack some offensive firepower So I found the game pretty back and forth with no really uh, major events coming to mind uh, until in the second half. uh, The ball was bouncing around the 18-yard box, uh, took a shot on the goalie, made a save, went to clear it, hit it off his own player, came back, tapped in by uh, defenseman Josh uh, Coelho. So Lozlem grabs that goal to go ahead, and as I said, very, very sloppy goal. Um, nothing really Margo could have done. I just feel that that clearance, uh, it just deflected off their own player, was kind of bad luck, and Lotlum was in the right place to capitalize. But other than that, no real major chances on either side. Uh, we was hoping for kind of a hotly contested affair. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Uh, as I said, Dwayne was playing center defense, but as soon as they went down a goal, they had to bring on Gavin and move Dwayne up top. But I'm not sure if Gavin's nursing an injury, but he's just not able to make that impact that he's used to making. And uh, Dwayne, although he added a lot on offense, uh, it was too little too late with the Lotulum getting the win one nothing. And afterwards, I talked to Ron, uh, so let's hear from Ron now. So we're here with Ron after the second semifinal, Lotulum winning a close game one nothing. Uh, Ron, it was uh, a little bit closer than I think you would have liked. Uh, what do you think of the game overall? Yeah, I think I thought it was an okay game. I thought we were not sharp uh, both halves. Uh, Margot played hard. They played a smart tactical game. Bradley not there, so they, they put Dwayne back. 
and we just rushed the ball. So for us, I mean, we got the win. That's all that counts. Ready for next week, right? So looking ahead to next week, playing Aguada, sim- similar scenario to last year. You guys went undefeated again, first place. Uh, but unfortunately, last year you lost against Aguada in the, in the finals. What have you learned, and what are you going to do differently this year? Yeah, I think, you know, both teams are fantastic teams. Last uh, last year, you know, Jordash came and scored two sick goals, right? So I consider that like a 50-50 game. They got the win, so all the, all the credit to them. But it's up to all of us to show up, right? Today, you know, a little bit loose. We need to bring it on Saturday. Awesome. Well, best of luck. Okay, thank you. So I have to agree with Ron as well. Uh, definitely uh, the team did not look sharp. And heading into a finals against Aguada, you really, really need to be on your A game. But more on that later. The last thing to talk about uh, in the semifinal, probably the most entertaining part of the whole match, was kind of an argument that broke out uh, within the team of Lodzlum, which is not really something you see that often. So just to set the stage, at some point during the first half, uh, Nick Silva, after the whistle was blown, kicked the ball away and Margao's team got mad and he got in a verbal altercation with Antonio and the Margao team. Uh, wasn't wasn't anything major, just, you know, some words exchanged, but the referee did give him a yellow card uh, for delay of game and kicking the ball. Um, and his own team was trying to calm him down, but he seemed to get a little bit agitated, so they actually had to sub him off just because they were worried that uh, he might get a second yellow. And at that point, it was 0-0. You really don't want to go down a man. Uh, so in the second half, they finally brought him back on. And keep in mind, they're putting on the bench one of their most talented players uh, and a great offensive threat. But I think you could just sense uh, that he was getting agitated and getting in verbal altercations with so many Margot players. Uh, finally, in the second half, uh, another incident where he was fouled. Uh, he had the ball and he was fouled by the Margot player. And the ref called the whistle right away. He knew it was a foul. And then he got up and he started arguing. He was getting ready to take the free kick. And his own team was trying to calm him down. And he was just yelling and swearing at his own team. And then his brother Neil tried to get involved and say, you know, just calm down. Don't worry about it. And they started swearing at Neil. So eventually they had to sub him off. And uh, it was a free kick, so you can't sub. So he just told the ref, like, I'm injured. I'm going off. And after he was off, he took off his uh, Lozalem gear, changed out of his clothes, and went uh, to the parking lot and just left the game. He, he didn't have a red card. He didn't have a second yellow. I'm not sure why he left. He was just really angry. And he actually walked by the Margot bench, and another kind of verbal altercation happened. So just a very, very strange incident is the way I would describe it. But this is a major problem going forward to the finals. And just to touch on it right here is when you're playing someone like Guada, you really need your team at full strength, clicking on all ends. And even then, it might not be enough. And to have someone as talented as Nick pretty much be unplayable at this point if he's going to keep getting fights, keep getting yellow cards for absolutely no reason. I can understand, you know, everyone, you, you take a hard foul and you get in the guy's face and the heat in the moment, maybe you're not thinking clearly. Or maybe uh, you were playing defense and you went for the ball and the guy made a good move and you tripped him by accident and it results in a yellow card. There are so many reasons to have understandable yellow cards. Um, but just to get up in people's faces for no reason and just you're really hurting your team at that point, that's definitely something that Lodzlum needs to address. And it's going to come down to Neil and Ron to really show their leadership and really get him under control because as i said he's a he's a really big weapon for them a very very uh, talented player that they definitely will need for the finals Speaking of which, let's get into the finals right now. As Max London said in the intro of this episode, this finals is all about revenge. But speaking about Max London, just a quick shout out. Uh, this guy has no going origins, has no going relatives, is not eligible to play in the GSL, probably never will be, but listens to every single episode of the podcast and knows every single one of your players' names, the team names, stats, things like that. So huge shout out to Max for listening and providing the intro this week.
But anyways, uh, for those that followed last season, you know that Lotalem went undefeated throughout the regular season, finished first place, marched past the quarterfinals, the semifinals with ease, got to the finals and lost 3-2 to Aguada. Uh, so this is all about them getting revenge and eliminating that curse of Keegan. Keegan's going to hate hearing this whole curse of Keegan line. I say it all the time, but until they win with him, the curse is still real. So looking ahead to the finals, what can we expect? So I think we can expect two major things. The first thing I'll address is Lotalem's side. Lotalem have the talent, they have the system, they have the leadership, and they will have a very good game plan going into the game. What I want to see from them is can they adjust that game plan based on what Aguada does? And the reason I'm saying this is I think last year in the finals, Aguada set up their team so well that Lotalem was unable to exert their dominance in the beginning of the game, and they're used. To, they're a team that's used to having possession and used to being control. So when Aguada was playing a different style and managed to go up one nothing on them, I think it really rattled them and kind of threw them off. That being said, they did recover. They took a two one lead, but Aguada adjusted their tactics again and managed to win three two. So I think Aguada is a very fluid team. They're going to be adjusting their personnel, lineups, and things like that. So it comes down to Lotalem going in with the game plan, but being able to adjust on the fly. Looking on the other side of the ball, the second major thing we can expect is for Aguada to show up with their entire lineup ready to go. This is a team that knows they're in a massive championship window right now. They're on the verge of becoming a dynasty. Uh, as I've said before on last week's podcast, only one other team has won three championships in a row. So they have the chance to enter history here. So for their main key players like Cruyff and Casey, they stepped up last year. They've stepped up before. It's going to come down to their MVP candidate, Steven Fernandez. He's 22 goals in the regular season. Just amazing. Goal in the quarterfinals. Goal in the semifinals. Um, just he's in really good form leading up to the finals. Can he continue that? And can he have a match-winning performance in the finals? Because uh, keep in mind, when it comes to the GSL finals, goals swing the entire momentum, the entire game. When you have large crowds of people watching, the fans are getting riled up. You got me on the mic blasting things. Uh, the momentum can change rapidly, and we saw that last year at the finals. So another person I'm going to be closely watching is Neil De Silva. As uh, many of you know, last year he won the MVP for the regular season, very well deserved. But in the finals, I feel like he was outplayed by his counterpart, Kreif Dos Remedios, and that ultimately led to Aguada winning. Um, don't get me wrong, Neil played very well, but when you have these elite level talents, uh, you really need them to just dominate the game. So look for him to kind of make up for that this year and just exert his dominance, not only defensively, but on the offensive side of the ball as well. Finally, just to touch on a couple of weak points that each team will be looking to exploit going forward in the finals. Uh, on the Lotalem side, I think it's going to be their defense. They have some strong players on defense, um, but overall, that is their weakest unit uh, of their team. And Aguada, with their stacked offense, will definitely be looking to take advantage of that. And on the Aguada side of the ball, um, I think it's actually going to be their mentality. If they go down a goal or two, Will they start breaking down and yelling at each other, or will they fight and get back in the game? So Aguada is a team that really, really wants to get off to a good start and take a lead here, because I think if Lotalem goes up to a one or two goal lead, they might be able to just ride it out to the end. All right, that's it for this episode. Looking forward to the finals. I hope to see all of you there. It should be a great matchup. Podcast season two is almost coming to an end. I know it's very heartbreaking for all of you as well as myself. But we have the live podcast at the finals on Saturday and then one more episode next week to recap the whole season. So I hope to see you all on Saturday. Please come by and say hello. And as always, I'll be back next week for the finale of the season with a brand 
new episode.